What is going on, everyone? Welcome to Barking for Balance, the podcast where we talk about dogs, but we also talk about whatever it is that that is meant to teach, inspire, and entertain. As always, I am Pat the Pac-Man, dog behavior and rehabilitation specialist at Pac-Man to the Rescue, Canine Solutions and and, and Coaching. What do we do there? We train people, not dogs. Why is that? Because it's about training people, not training dogs. If you're joining us for the first time, welcome. Bonvenuta tutte. If you've been here before, grazie. We speak Sicilian in case you're wondering if you join us for the first time. So what is that crap? It's speaking Sicilian. I do that a lot on this on this platform and we have fun. Uh, we talk, like I said, we talk about dogs, all sorts of good stuff. So uh, have a seat, drink a beer, a little scotch, a little vino. And we'll do all sorts of good stuff. Eat, drink, and let's have some fun. What are we going to talk about today? Listen, as always, before we kick this off, I'm going to tell you what we're going to talk about, and then I'm going to give you a few things, that you, your homework that you need to get done. What are we going to talk about? We're going to talk about emotions, specifically fear, fear in, about whatever, dogs' fears, our fears, basically emotions. The magic word is fear. And I'm going to get into that a little bit because, as you guys know, if you uh, know, know about me, uh, you know that I used to be afraid of dogs till I was 28 years old. Yes, that is the truth terrified of dogs as a matter of fact till i was 28 years old so i know quite a bit about fear and not just when it comes to dogs uh but i lived with a lot of insecurity and fear and uh, uncertainty and all sorts of stuff so yeah those these are this is a topic that i'm very 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 familiar with so um we're going to talk about that but before we get into the whole thing what do we got to do if you haven't done it yet i guess be it what are you waiting for subscribe to the barking for balance podcast guys don't forget hit those subscribe buttons Amazon, Google, Apple, and uh, Spotify. Also, follow us on YouTube. You're going to check out this gorgeous face while we run the podcast, along with a bunch of other cool videos. That is under Pac-Man to the Rescue. That is P-A-C-K, number, not the number, T-O, the Rescue. So it's P-A-C-K-M-A-N, to the Rescue. No numbers in there. Also, make sure you follow us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram. Again, all these links are going to be down here. Follow us on those platforms, Pac-Man to the rescue. You don't want to miss out on all the cool stuff we got going on. And believe me, we got some bunch of stuff going on. And of course, the top dog here, no pun intended, Maria no pun intended. You got to buy my autobiography, God spelled backwards. It is the bomb. It's about, it's about me, basically. It's, you know, it's about me. It's, it's honestly, it's a great play. It's a great book. I've worked on it. I've been working on it for a long time. I really wanted to put my entire life out there. I talk about dog stuff. It's kind of like two books in one. We talk about some dog stuff and, but mostly it's about my life and how I got to this point, all the trials and tribulations, my life in Sicily, Sicily. That's how I learned to speak Sicilian. So we're going to talk about that. I'm, I'm sorry. I want you to subscribe to and, and get subscribed. See, I get all excited and I go all over the place. Got to buy that book. Got to get that book. The, in, the, the links are in here. I want you to read the book. We've got to talk about it. I want to hear your input on my autobiography and what you guys think about my life and all that kind of good stuff. So that's all your homework for now. That's not a lot of homework. Come on, let's go. What are you waiting for? It's not a lot, is it? No, it's all good. It's all good. Good stuff there. You're going to enjoy that book. I'm telling you, you're going to listen to the podcast. You're going to enjoy the book. A little vino, a little spaghetti. Mm, what a beautiful night. I'm getting hungry just thinking about this. Okay. Let's kick this off. Talk about fear. My God. How do we not start talking about fear when it's about me being afraid of dogs until I was 28 years old? Yes, 28 years old. My fears based on nothing. 
I can't really say anything specific about it, but I do know how to relate to dogs um, that that are afraid, you know, and, 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 you know, when dogs are afraid, it's, 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 it's not necessarily um, always about fear itself. A lot of times it's, it doesn't start off as being, they're being afraid. Sometimes they start off with just being unsure. Then they become nervous, then they become insecure. So it's different stages that they go through before they even get to that fear. You know, and if you think about it from an emotional perspective, from our point of view, as humans, we kind of go through the same stuff. We have those same exact emotions, but, you know, we label it all as they're fearful. No, it's not always the case. You know, a lot of times a dog is not always fearful. A lot of time we label it as fear when it's just unsure about something, insecure about something, nervous about something. There's different layers, different levels before they even get to that full-blown fear. Now, again, when it came to my fear of dogs, it was pure fear. There was no, I wasn't sure about it, you know, none of that stuff. And the, the whole point of it is when we get to that point of fear with like dogs do, they're afraid, just like when we're afraid, it's a level of uncertainty. Because if you think about it, you know, when we're afraid of something, we're really afraid of something happening. So it's more we're like unsure of what is about to take place. And so it kind of like builds and builds and builds until we start to like develop that fear. And so dogs really start off from my personal experience. I mean, unless there's like some kind of traumatic um, experience of sorts, but when they become, when we, again, we, when we label them as being afraid, most of the time it's just, they're just not trusting, you know, and why do they not trust? I don't know. You know, it could be a variety of different reasons. It's not necessarily that there was an abusive situation taking place. It could be a variety of different reasons as to why, you know, they're not trusting, you know, whatever it is that they're, you know, not trusting, you know what I'm saying? So why are they not trusting something? Well, a lot of times when it comes to people, when they're not trusting a person, you know, and, and it's understandable. So is because we don't allow them to trust us, you know? So like when we're encountering a dog and a lot of times like you'll meet a dog and this is mostly dog lovers and, and unknowledgeable dog people, they meet a dog and they immediately want to pet them. They immediately want to go towards them. Now a dog is showing you right off the bat how they feel. And that's why it's so important for us to learn their language. It's so important for us to learn how they communicate. You understand? Make up it's important. We have to understand them because they're they're seeing that we're not understanding them. They're they're not seeing that what they're communicating is being received. Okay. Now, is that going to build trust or is that going to destroy trust? So I'll give you an example. Again, if you're trying to approach a dog, and a lot again, dog lovers and unknowledgeable dog people do all the time. They just want to pet the dog. They want to reassure the dog. It's okay. It's okay. Come here. Come here, baby. Everything's fine. And now your dog, that dog is kind of like tilting the head, going a little back. And they're telling you, I'm not sure. Now they're not snapping. They're not running away. So in our brain, we're thinking, okay, it's okay. You know, they're going to be consoled. We're just going to pet them a little bit and feel good about it. But in reality, when we're doing that, and this is why it starts to evolve, though that uncertainty starts to evolve is because the way you're telling what you're telling this dog is you're not respect what the dog is receiving the message of you're not respecting how I'm feeling. You're not respecting what I'm telling you. And you're just completely going around it. So they're saying, they're saying, you got bad manners. I'm telling you, I'm not sure, I'm sure about you. And you're continuing to approach me. You're petting me. I'm telling you, I'm not, I don't trust you. I'm telling you, I'm not sure about you. 
I'm not sure of your intentions. It's nothing personal, you know, because people take it personally, but all dogs love me. I'm, I'm, I'm the greatest. You're the greatest. Listen, you could be the greatest, but you're not respecting the emotions that this dog is responding, that is this dog is, is giving you. Okay. So it starts off with, I'm, I'm just unsure. I'm just, I just don't know. I, I, I'm not sure how to feel about this. I'm, I'm uncomfortable, whatever it is that, that they're, they're saying, but we're continuing to push forward. We're continuing to advance. We're continuing to pet. We're continuing to reach out, you know? So again, bottom line is it's, it's, it's a lack of trust, right? So that fear is based on lack of trust, much like anything else. If we're afraid of something, it's a lack of trust in the outcome, you know, or in the situation. So how do we build that trust? It's simple. Again, we got to learn the communication. If a dog is showing you that they're not sure, respect it, back it up. Don't continue to approach, you know, don't continue to force that trust. Don't try to force that trust because you got to remember that behaviors and reactions are based on emotions, right? So the way a dog feels is based, uh, the way a dog behaves, all these behaviors that we're trying to eradicate, no, they're all based on the fact that a dog feels a certain way. And so our job is to understand that because those behaviors that are a pain in the ass, that are destructive, disruptive, whatever the case may be, including like biting and stuff, they're based on emotional state of mind. So if we fix the emotional state of mind, including something basic stuff like jumping on people or biting or barking, they're all based on the excitement factor, which is an emotional state of mind. So if we address the state of mind, everything is good. So we have to approach this in a very calm fashion, right? We approach with calmness that our dogs are feeding off that calmness because our emotions is how they associate what to do, how to know things, how to, uh, how to understand the world. So when we have a dog who's afraid of a person, for example, then you have to not be just as afraid because a lot of times people become tense and nervous and fearful and unsure, right? And insecure about what to do and what my dog is going to do, right? And so they'll be, they'll set the example of, well, I'm not afraid of the dog that's coming towards us or the person that's coming towards us. I'm afraid of what my dog is going to do, but it has nothing to do with that. Okay. The way your dog is picking up on is, is your dog is feeding off of your emotions. Our dogs feed off of how we feel to understand what they're supposed to do and how they're supposed to feel about the situation, about the environment, about whatever. So if every single time you start to feel fearful, insecure, nervous, tense, or whatever, that's the message you're sending to your dog. And therefore, they're going to react based on that. They're going to start to feel and mirror that same emotion. So when it comes to, I don't know if you guys could hear, but Hannibal is making a racket. Hannibal is my African great parrot, and he's a loud son of a bitch. Uh, he knows some Sicilian phrases and some, uh, some English phrases, and I never taught him any of these things, so I don't know. Anyway, so let's move it along. So I don't know if you guys could hear him in the background, but he's, uh, he's, he's having a little chat with himself. He's crazy. He talks to himself. Well, so do I for that matter. But anyway, so getting back to the emotional state here, um, he's actually a guest on one of the podcast episodes. He was the first guest on Barking for Balance. So scroll all the way back. And you, when you get to YouTube, you'll actually be able to see him. He was the special guest on, uh, I forget which episode, but you know, he was a special guest on, uh, on uh, the first special guest on Barking for Balance from last year. But um, yeah, so getting back to, to, to the emotion. So 
you know, when, 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 you know, when you tell, when you tell somebody or a dog not to feel a certain way, you can't do that. So when you tell somebody, don't feel, don't be afraid, don't be nervous. Are you going to stop being, you know, how many people used to tell me, don't be afraid. Oh, okay. You know what? I'm good now. I'm not afraid of dogs anymore. Come on. It doesn't work that way. You know, if it was that simple, that, then we wouldn't have any problem. You can't even, you can't also tell a dog not to be afraid. You can't tell a dog not to be nervous. The easiest way you can make a dog not be nervous, if this is your own dog, is again, your approach, your calmness is really going to be key along with establishing yourself as an authority figure with the leadership by creating directions, bounds, and limits. So they don't, they know exactly what to do, when to do it, and how to do it. They know their position, but then they're also feeding off of your emotional state based on the circumstances and different situations. So they, feel comfortable. They don't feel nervous, insecure, or anxious or whatever, you know? So, cause that's the escalation of these emotions. The whole premise of this is very basic because again, it starts off with us, but we have to understand that we have to be willing to admit and, and not tell them, don't be afraid because if they're afraid, then you got to look at yourself. If they're nervous and insecure, you got to look at yourself, but you also have to look at it from the other side of a person who is just approaching your dog right? You have to be understanding that this dog has a brain and has emotions. And your job as a, a dog lover is to be, create that trust, create that respect. And so if you just stick your hand out, this is another thing. People stick their hand in the dog's face. And that's how you say, oh, that's so rude. It's so rude. Now, if you have a dog that has trust issues and you do shit like that, and then you get bitten. You know what I mean? If you just, oh my God, you're so cute. Whoa. They don't know you. You know what I mean? It's nothing personal because people take it personally. It's nothing personal. You can't tell a dog not to be afraid by just acting like you're the greatest in the world because you're a dog lover. Imagine how many, how crazy it would be if you have a baby in a stroll and people just out of nowhere, just grab your baby and start pinching their cheeks. Kind of just what the hell is that? You know what I'm saying? But people do that with dogs. You know what I mean? People do that with dogs because they don't respect the dog's dogness. How many times I got to say it? Respect the dog's dogness. Dogs are nose driven. They're not eyes or ears driven. You know what I'm saying? You guys want to understand what that means? I, we could talk about this in depth. Dogs are nose driven. We are not nose driven. We're eyes or ears driven. So we approach it our way and they approach it their way. And we got a big shit storm. It's crazy. Okay. We don't want that. We have to build trust. We have to build respect. So when it comes to a dog being afraid, nervous, insecure, anxious, it's simple. Let that build that trust slowly. You know what I mean? Don't force it. People try to force the trust. They try to force it. They try to speed it up. This is not a Domino's pizza delivery where they got to, guys, it's got to be there at in 30 minutes or less. So your pepperoni pizza is free. No, there is no timetable on this. You know what I mean? How long is it going to take for my dog to be trained to not be afraid? How, how could, when I hear that stuff, it's just baffling to me. We're talking about emotional states, right? So, and you have professional dog professionals that, that give timelines, that give assessments like this. You cannot do that because it's not based on time. It's based on whatever the time is. It's based on patience. It's based on waiting until the dog trusts you. How long is it going to take for a dog to trust me? As long as it takes, I'm going to keep doing the same thing because I'm not going to take it personal. 
You know what I mean? A lot of people have that insecurity where they take it personal when a dog doesn't like them. Oh, what are you getting? Get married to the dog? I mean, what is your problem? What, is he, what do you, what do you see? Owe you money? My gift, like I said, the Ford, it does nothing to don't take it personally. You know what I mean? I'll give you a perfect example of, of this not forcing the trust thing. Um, I had a dog that I work with. He's actually one of the dogs in, 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 in Godspell Backwards in my autobiography that I talk about. This was a very, very sensitive case. It was a very delicate case. One of my favorite cases till this day in my entire career. And his name is Sydney. And he was a little, uh, I think he's a little chihuahua. Uh, uh, um, uh, what is it? Chihuahua, the little hot dog. Uh, uh, Pepper is his part. Dachshund, damn it. Pepper is part Dachshund too. I think he's a Chihuahua, a Dachshund mix or a Chihuahua mini pincher mix. I forget exactly what he is, but he's a little, little guy. And um, to make a very, very long short story short again, you can read this in, in, in the book. Um, I was called in this case because they had hired the trick-or-treater types. That's multiple. They had gotten... This dog came to them. They adopted him. Within a couple of months, he had bit uh, the, the wife's father. The wife's father in the face and caused like I forget how many stitches to his face. He was a nervous wreck. This dog, very very nervous, very insecure, very fearful. Right. So, so you know, the guy, you know, the father, you know, you know loves dogs. You know, he wanted to make friends and whatever. He wanted to kiss him or whatever he was doing. I'm not sure. And the dog bit him in the face, caused all these stitches. Okay, great. Now. They panicked, you know, these were new dog owners. So they were like, okay, we need help. So they went out and they reached out for help for, from the, from the dog training, from the trick or treaters, bed, don't make me say start on that one. Cause we're going to go into a hole of this. You're going to see a different emotion. It's the opposite of fear. Anyway. So they reached out to a couple of dog, a dog trainers, one of which was an agility dog trainer. And how did this clown didn't say, or that was how they didn't say like, this is not my th- just don't get me started don't get me so much if i inside it bed much okay so to make a long story short because i could go into a tangent on this this whole other topic really quick so the all these people basically told him again dog trainers trick-or-treaters told them because this dog bit he's gonna bite again it's genetic it's this it's that you can't train this out of him blah 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 okay so they decided they were gonna put him down Okay, after multiple dog training professional idiots. Okay, so when I talk about it, I get emotional because this is one of my, like I said, this is one of my favorite cases and I love Sydney. So um, they were going to put him down night before, you know, she was not, the wife was not willing to, you know, give up. She contacted me. I told her, do not do that. We're going to take care of him. Make again, a long story short, you got to read it in the whole book, the whole, the whole thing. He saved. He's still with the family. They actually had to have a kid now, you know, a couple of years old, never an incident again, happily ever after. Okay. So when I met Sydney the first time on our first session, just so you know, as soon as I walked in the door, he took off, he ran away, which was typical as soon as somebody came in the house. So I had to leash him up and I put him on a leash and I sat on my knees um, for the entire, I think it was an hour and a half that I sat on my knees. And I just held a leash. That's all I did while he was trying to take off. And then eventually, again, I don't want to give out too many details. I want you to read in the book, but eventually he came towards me. You know, he sat on my lap. He ate some treats, blah, 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 blah. Okay. That's, that's irrelevant. Okay. So we're working on our rehabilitation program. And like I said, we fixed everything. He's has a kid in the house. He's not afraid of anybody anymore. He's great. Everybody's happy dogs a whole bit. That was another thing at the time. He was also uh, had some aggressive tendencies towards dogs. So 
they were work while we were working with him. Obviously, he still had these tendencies of being aggressive with people at times. And of course, the thing with the dogs, but especially the people was the problem because he was, you know, going after people quite a bit, even after a while, because the way they were, he was, there were people were trying to interact with him. He just lost his trust altogether. So he was going the offensive. So he would try to like bite them ahead of time. He wasn't always just running away. So anyway, um, one day they were, had to go away for a business trip, both husband and wife they had to go away on a business trip. So they needed to get, bring him somewhere and they needed to leave him somewhere. So they asked people to take him. No boarding facility would take him. Um, they asked other people to take him, but for various reasons, which we obviously know why they wouldn't take him. Now, to be honest, they admitted to the fact that they really didn't want to leave him with anybody else. They really wanted to leave him with me. Now, I did not board that many dogs at the time in my house. I still I don't anymore. Um, I do with just a handful of the ones that the main ones. And uh, of course, they asked me. So I said, absolutely. But their fear was that Sydney being afraid of, you know, being aggressive towards other dogs and with people. I'm like, don't worry about it. My guys are pros. I got this covered. We're going to be fine. So as soon as they brought Sydney in, they left and immediately he just ran into the bathroom, ran into the bathroom and just stayed there. So now conventional, conventional wisdom, when you talk about somebody's afraid, you feel bad, you feel good. Oh, the poor baby. Oh, you know, come here. It's okay. I'm not going to hurt you. All that kind of hypercore shit. That's not what I did. No, what I did was the opposite. What I did was I left him alone. I did not bother him. He wanted to stay away. I let him be. I was not going to try to bribe him. I was not going to try to force him to trust me. Absolutely not. Because I know that if I try to do that, how am I going to build trust? If I try to bribe him, how am I going to build trust? If I force him to be with me or around me, that's not going to build trust either. So I needed to, especially since I had this much time during our sessions, our initial sessions, it was a crunch time it was a truncated timetable. So I had to do something to kind of like accelerate that a little bit, but for overall rehabilitation purposes, I needed to just let him be. And I, that's what I did. I did not even bother with him. I just let him be. He was in the bathroom. No problems. Then he would slowly come out. He would peek his little cute little head out and he would look and no problems. I wouldn't talk to him. I wouldn't say a word. And my dogs were out and they left him alone too, because, you know, they know exactly what they got to do. Let them, he would peek his head and all of a sudden he would come closer and I'm just letting him be. And then every once in a while, if I would move or if like, you know, socks or pepper would move, he kind of would like backtrack a little bit, but nothing crazy. And it was, it was more of like a, you know, three step forward, one step back kind of concept. So he was moving forward consistently, you know, and then eventually he just was in the same room with us and I just let him be and I would give him some food and whatever, whatever. And of course, like I said, he really wasn't fond of dogs. Socks and Pepper didn't really bother with him until he was ready, you know, kind of like what I did. And then one day I sat on the floor, which is actually the second day, the, the first day when they dropped him off, I just let him be. Let him just understand that we are not going to force him to feel a certain way. We're not going to force him to do anything that he doesn't feel like doing at that moment. We're going to build trust. We're going to allow him to recognize that we can be trusted because we are not going to force him to do anything that he's uncomfortable with. Okay. When he's ready, we're going to welcome him with open arms. So what I did was I sat on the floor and I started feeding socks and pepper some treats. And he was like curious and he's sneaking in there. And I think it was hot dogs that I was doing. And so he's looking and he's sneaking in there. And so what I did was I would just toss him a couple of treats. He doesn't like, it wasn't talk. Come on, buddy. Come on. Give it. No, I just let him be. So I had socks and pepper laying on one side and the other. And I had my legs out 
you know, open. So I, he kind of came in like right in between and he came between socks and pepper on my left and my right. And he came right in slow. It was a slow process. You know, if I flinched like an inch, he kind of like back up, back up a little bit, but I just let it be. And I would just, and before I know it, he's right there. Okay. And I still did not get excited or crazy or carried away because I, I knew he wasn't ready. You know, he was learning to trust that he recognized, okay, these, maybe these guys can be trusting, you know what I mean? And that's how it started. So it was a, a slow evolution. And the beautiful thing was that at night, um, he actually started playing with Pepper and I sent them a video of them playing. And as soon as they saw the, that I sent them a video, they were like panicking. They were like, oh my God, I can't believe something bad happened. Oh, oh my God, holy shit, bed da mantra. So they, they saw the video and they saw him playing with Pepper. They were like all ecstatic. So they got back after that, the whole rest of the time that they were away, it was just the same kind of building and building and building. And it just became beautiful. And when I sent them again, I think it was at day number four, uh, a video of him on the bed with me licking my nose, which at first I'm not going to lie. At first I was a little weary of it, but I'm like, you know what? If you trust me, pal, I'm going to trust you. So let's build this trust together. And it's not like I grabbed him. I wasn't going to like grab him or pet him. Just, I just let him come to me. That was the whole point. I didn't force anything. I had him on the bed and just let him just slowly come to me. And he came up and he licked my nose. And that's what they told me. They were like, dad, that's what he does with us. He go, like, there you go, because he trusts you guys. So now he's going to trust me too, you know? And because I'm teaching them the same things that I'm doing is I'm setting directions, bounds, and limits. So, you know, he still has to learn that he's got to follow the rules and what the expectations are, which is great because that's going to take away the nervousness. You know, it's going to take away that fear, that anxiety of the unknown. See what I'm talking about? Why it's so important to have established, to establish direction, bounds, and limits because it eliminates the fear of the unknown. They know everything. They know what to do. They know who the protector is, the provider is, what to do, when to do it, how to do it. Everything is fine. There's no fear. They can stay calm and relaxed and just bed tranquilly, nice and peaceful, and everything is great. You know, and as on a side note, um, I have not seen Sydney, I want to say in about three to four years, uh, they had a kid. And so they, uh, they had not been traveling much. And then with COVID, obviously, you know, they had not been traveling at all. And I got a note, an email uh, just last week, which I was very, very ecstatic, ecstatic about that they're going away in May. And guess who's coming over? It's going to be Sydney. So that's why you guys got to make sure you follow uh, and, and follow us on Facebook and Instagram, because that's why you can see some, uh, some pictures and videos of, of me and the Sid man. We're gonna have some. We're gonna have some fun when he's here. I haven't seen that little guy in a long time, and again, he's one of my favorite cases. So one of my favorite guys. So, um, but again, it boils down to like I said before, eliminating the things that make them fearful and anxious, right? So when we couple the fact of showing how we build trust, how you can trust us, because we're not gonna force this. You know, we're not gonna bribe you. We're not gonna try to accelerate it. It's unnecessary. Remember, trust takes a long time to build. It takes an instant to destroy. Okay. I'm not going to do that. When I have a dog that's unsure, because the levels are different when they're unsure. You know, if they're unsure, it takes less time for them to trust. If they're nervous, it takes a little bit longer, but less time to see. The fearful is the worst one because fearful is when they are just completely you know, untrusting, right? I mean, they're completely terrified. And it could be they just don't trust. Whatever it is, if it's a sound that scares them, it's again, it's a lack of trust, you know, a lack of trust that they could be, they're going to be safe against the sound that somebody's going to protect them again. They just don't know. It's the fear of the unknown. It's the best way I could explain it. So 
Because it, again, when it goes back to my case of being afraid of dogs, well, I, was I afraid of dogs? No, I wasn't afraid of dogs because I had no experience or exposure to dogs. What I was afraid of was a dog killing me. You know, so when I saw a dog, it wasn't like I was afraid of the dog. I was afraid of whether or not that dog was going to bite me or kill me, you know. So even if nothing would happen, I would still be terrified again because I was afraid of the unknown. You see how it works? So the dogs, it's the same thing. It's that fear of the unknown. And, you know, we have to be willing to admit to the fact that how we feel is how we feel because dogs, you know, dogs, they show how they feel. They're not afraid. They're not they're not like embarrassed about how they feel. You know, humans, they, they are, are ashamed of how they feel, you know, like I was, you know, when people who say, oh, don't be afraid. I'm not afraid. I'm cool. Everything's fine. I was never willing to admit it, you know, and a lot of times people um, are not willing to admit that they're afraid of something. And that obviously makes their dog, because remember, when a dog sees you being afraid and they're already not sure about something, they're feeding off of you to see whether or not they can be okay and comfortable with what's, what's going on. But if you feel the same way, they're going to recognize, okay, well, mom and dad over here feel nervous and insecure and, and, and fearful about this. So I guess I, I'm, I feel the same way, but people, again, they won't, they don't understand that, or they don't recognize, well, I'm not afraid of what my, no, it has nothing. Listen, fear is fear. Insecurity is insecurity. What the reason behind it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't make us weak to be afraid of some. I recognize this now. That's why I'm willing to talk about it and admit to the fact that I was terrified. I was 28 years old. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm, it was what it was at the time. No, because my own insecurities were forcing me to not admit it. And for me personally, at the time, you know, I was insecure overall. So I was an insecure person. So those fears were manifesting from that level of insecurity, which is the same thing when it comes to the dog situation. But on the same token, some people are afraid or insecure in different areas. So they can't showcase and admit, I'm afraid of this. I'm nervous about this. Listen, it doesn't matter what you are afraid of or you're sure of or whatever. Don't justify it. Feelings are feelings. If you feel a certain way, you feel a certain way. It is what it is. You know what I'm saying? Just understand what it is because that's the only way that you're going to be able to deal with it. And you're going to understand what it is that it's creating, what it is that's causing, you know, if you continue to hide behind it or to justify it or whatever. You can spin around it. It doesn't matter. You're still going to land and you're still going to have the same problems. You know what I mean? Still the same problems. It makes no difference in the end. Okay. So um, just wanted to talk about a little bit about that and, you know, give, give your guys something to, to think about. So, um, you guys have any questions? If you want to talk further about that, let me know, um, what your thoughts are on this whole concept. And uh, we could discuss that further, but don't forget, get that book, uh, subscribe to the podcast, follow us on those social media platforms and all that kind of good stuff. And, um, that's it, guys. Listen, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of Barking for Balance. If you guys have any questions, don't forget, hit up the Pac-Man. If you have problems with your dogs, you make sure you hit the pack, hit up the Pac-Man. I'm going to help you with that. On a virtual platform, I, we could reach everybody, and it's just as effective. If you want to talk more about that, let me know, and we could definitely do that. Just as effective fraction of the cost. Trust me. Um, but we could talk about that further. Listen, guys, I had fun. Hope you guys did too. If you have any questions, let me know. I am Pat the Pac-Man. This is Barking for Balance. Guess what? Catch you guys next time.